0: let's get booge listen to a Thompson for an hour I'd rather fuck a blood relative it's a Thompson <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. da, 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 da. yo 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 what is up people it's me i'm back the uh the second solo show of the week how the fuck is it going uh it's a it's a thursday it's a cheeky bonus podcast my girlfriend is away she's taken my son i'm at home with a two-year-old for uh for two days by ourselves so that's fun that's nice um just me and my daughter together just the uh just the two of us and somehow we will get through the next two days of crying and tantrums mostly mine has to be said and uh you know realistically it'll probably be with the help of what good beer and shit food that's the order of the day that's that's how i'm living how's your look this weekend binfluencers people of the booge. um what's new podwise let's start off with that shall we uh, tonight i'm recording an episode uh, of the show with lbc's ian dale which i'm quite excited about uh, if you're not familiar with ian dale's work he is a former conservative party candidate who then pivoted and went into media and he's been on lbc for about 10 years i think um and he always comes across as very measured very reasonable um you know he and i come from completely different parts of the political landscape but i'm looking forward to talking with him and um uh, picking his brain on a few things so that's that's live streaming at seven thirty tonight you know like like every friday um but if you don't tune into the live stream then it'll come out to you guys in a, in a couple of days because it'll go on patreon first right so anyway like but basically by the time you hear this it will probably be sunday or monday or something so it feels kind of weird me telling you to you know tune into the live stream tonight on friday because it would have already happened by then but just you know look most most fridays i do a live stream that's what i'm saying so if you want to get the shows nice and early on time and topical fucking jump on the patreon <laughs> that's the easiest way hit the link in the description of this episode it's patreon.com forward slash aid thompson or you have the other option of jumping on the live stream on youtube every friday at half seven. Or you know most fridays at least I say most, you know, most Friday. Like some Fridays, there's no live stream. Some Fridays, I'm just done for the week. You know, shut my laptop. Like, fuck this. (laughs) You know, like this, this is a show about dystopia and, you know, the shitness of the world and trying to have some fun with it. But some weeks, it's just all a bit too shit. A bit overstimulating you know some weeks my um you know my kids play up my mortgage doubles my girlfriend tells me it's going to you know it's going to cost another 4 grand to get the bathroom fixed or something and then i'm like i'm i'm fi- failing miserably to find the funny in any of this i'm just going to sit down pass me the vodka that is the mentality on those weeks and so some weeks you know there's no live show or there's no guest booked you know that can happen too maybe the guest cancelled that afternoon because maybe the guest is done for the week shutting their laptop <laughs> like fuck this shit you know and i don't know somehow between the pair of us me and this imaginary guest you know it's a sort of communal fuck this and you know then you guys my endlessly patient albeit long-suffering audience you guys then get fopped off with another solo show um in that instance so you know even if there's not a live stream there's usually something coming out but uh but here's here's the thing about that right and i know i'm babbling a bit here we'll get onto the news in a minute we'll get onto the politics shit in a sec but i say like fobbed off with another solo show kind of thing but here's like it's strange believe it or not like it's weird but I i promise you right the solo shows are now at least as popular if not more popular than the guested ones and i don't really know what to make of that you know like i mean like i'm having a good time i like sitting here and you know ranting and roasting for an hour but it's you know it's a bit wild that that is an acceptable model for a podcast you know you think podcasts and you think guests around a table you know people's life stories or um you know, true crime, investigative things that are then punctuated with interviews and news, audio, or or whatever. You don't necessarily think of the audio equivalent of a man sitting on a bench ranting to himself, do you? I I wouldn't think that that was an engaging model for a podcast, but, you know, maybe maybe that's the point. Maybe it's like, because you don't necessarily think of that, that that is my gap in the market. (laughs) And so, you know, I come along with my self-amusing, self-satisfied rants. And, you know, I fill that gap. I, I don't know. I might have to temper the ego, though. Like, if if the solo shows continue to get more popular, I may have to just work on, you know, managing my ego. I might have to watch out for for myself running away with myself. Or I'm going to... St- Basically, I'll start talking over the guests in their shit, too, you know? Because I'm going to get all emboldened like yeah like i'm i'm the real star here pal you know like that sort of vibe i have some academic on talking about you know what like the prospects for neurological technological development in the next decade. And I can just, you know, I'll feel it getting a little bit, you know, monotonous. And then I'll just barge back in and interrupt like, eh, that. that's great, great stuff, professor. But I think I'll take it from here, you know. Anyway, who, who wants to hear about my insecurities? <laughs> you know, just take over my own show again. If these solo shows continue to get more popular. Anyway, look, that's that is enough about the pod and me and shit so what is in the news what's the haps let's do this people of the booge fellow cult members people who take comfort in the awfulness of society by smearing said awfulness all over the wall and laughing at it let us begin let's start looking at some shit. join me the newly styled willy wonka of dystopia this is how i'm going i'm going to the market now as the willy wonka of dystopia like I dance around and I prance around the chaos with my top hat and my cane you know just doing little theatrical West End sort of dancing pointing out the awfulness of the world hosting this world of woe attempting to make it entertaining for you that's my new my new thing so let's take a look right what's happened this week obviously the biggest news this week politically has been the resignation of Nicola Sturgeon. The First Minister of Scotland and former Deputy First Minister, Deputy Leader of the SNP. You know, 19 years at the top of Scottish government. And now she's off. She's like, you know what? I'm 52. Maybe fuck this. You know, <laughs> Maybe I don't want to spend the last 20 years of my life stood up at podiums navigating gotcha questions from you Kool-Aid clucking cunts. (laughs) Maybe I just want to cash out my chips, you know, fuck off and spend some time kicking back a few iron brew vodkas on the beautiful beaches of Kinghorn (laughs) Harbour. Which I, incidentally, I don't think is a particularly beautiful beach. Um, Somebody from Scotland is going to be along right now to tell me actually Scotland has some really beautiful beaches aid eh? but uh, look i don't know in my mind Scotland's beaches are rocky and awful and, uh, anyway so that's that's her vibe she's stepping down she's decided to resign as first minister of Scotland and you know who who can blame her really just navigating this you know nonsense from frothing classist bullshitters day in day out you know it's gonna take its toll eventually isn't it and then you're gonna go why why do i have to put up with this you know i should be enjoying the sunny sandy californian surf that is kinghorn harbor that should be me at 52 you know kinghorn harbor is where, with its diverse and welcoming needles and <laughs> rocks, yeah. You know, I'm okay. Look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you're listening to this from Kinghorn Harbour, but you must, you know, you got you. You know what Kinghorn Harbour is, right? It's you know. Let's not pretend it's fucking Malibu, all right? Maybe she's just like, look, I'm fed up of missing out, guys. I've earned my stripes. That's it. I'm out. Maybe that's Sturgeon's vibe. Sturgeon feels the same about Scotland <laughs> as I do about Friday night streams. Like we both just we both just shut our laptops, exhale, and open the tenants. Because she's relatable, guys. <laughs> anyway, so look, a lot of people saying, you know, it's the end of an era. Sturgeon stepping down. Which of course, you know, it is. And uh I like, I don't want to over egg it. But it is, you know, it's a big moment. Like, think of it this way, right? There are 30-year-olds right now who will have never really known a Scotland without Nicola Sturgeon, front and centre, giving statements, outlasting her rivals. So it is going to be a big shift for millions of people. And, like, if you want to, you know, if, if we really want to join the dots on this, if we really want to labour this point, like, if you want a time uh, pinch point or, or whatever for, for how long she's been one of, if not the most pivotal pi- uh, figure in Scottish politics, right? When Sturgeon became deputy leader of the SNP, when that happened, when she first arose to, as like, number two of the SNP, The number one song in the charts was real to me by Brian McFadden. (laughs) Brian McFadden's failed solo career was just starting when Nicola Sturgeon first became deputy leader of the SNP. Do you remember Brian McFadden? Do you remember that guy? Brian McFadden. Like, all the tweens loved him, didn't they? I I always thought he looked like... um, he looked like Nick Carter having a stroke. That's, that's what he looked like to me. I don't know if you guys listening back in your tween years, you fancied him or whatever. That's what he looked like to me. He was like not quite Nick Carter. You know, I want to get too pop culture on you here on this politics and dystopia podcast. But like Nick, Nick Carter was the handsome, blonde, blue-eyed one in Backstreet Boys. Do you remember that guy? The schoolgirl's heartthrob. He was, you yeah. know, he's the one, like, do you know the song, um, the Backstreet Boys one, where it's like, everybody, uh, That one, right? Nick Carter is the one that sings those lines where he's like, am I original? Like, all of that shit, right? Am I sexual? That's him. He's that guy, right? Brian McFadden is what you get if Nick Carter got a blood clot. <laughs> just if he was just left untreated in the back of an ambulance for over 11 minutes that's what you get is fucking Brian McFadden anyway what are we talking about? Sturgeon <laughs> Sturgeon going big change so it's also a big thing you know it, for, for, Scotland, for Scotland but it's also a big thing for British politics more broadly isn't it? because in many ways her opposition to boris johnson and her disdain for culture war nonsense you know all all that stuff like she's always felt like a sort of um you know a reasonable measured articulate centrist to me i don't know that's how she comes across to me in a politics that is dominated by children that's how she appears to me that's my perception of her she has remained in my opinion dignified and eloquent a responsive you know in, in in a time when politicians you know what like they physically turn their backs on the eu in brussels you know or they they fucking call each other wanker in the house of commons or they they bang on about the war and the germans you know so like sturgeon is the total opposite of that you know and so I don't know, there's, a, there's an anxiety about the absence that she's going to leave, isn't there? Like, what the United Kingdom might become without her cool, calm, centrist influence. To me, like, that's how that feels to me, It's like, what, oh, God, like, what, what might fill that gap? You know, like there's an opportunity for a power grab here, and within that, there is a fear of what might follow you know it could be it could be another centristy sturgeon type figure but it could also be scottish nationalist populism <laughs> like like a sort of you know scottish tommy robinson you know a kind of trumpy scottish guy who blames all of scotland's problems on their you know like stirs up violent separatist hatred and it sounds like far off Now, But I bet, you know, before 2016, no one thought anyone would be dumb enough to think the EU were oppressing us and then run into a fucking MP surgery and stab someone screaming about Britain first. I don't think anyone ever assumed people would be that stupid in England. And you think there aren't stupid people in Scotland? (laughs) Impressionable, stupid people. Like, have you seen Neil Oliver? Fucking Freeview Jesus looking motherfucker. Like... What might come next for Scotland if somebody rises up with the right charisma and communication skills and gravitas who has the ability to energize, uh, you know, and get people into that violent separatist space like it could get really fucking messy. Because there could be like, you know, echoes here of what happened with the Conservative Party like over the last six years, couldn't there? Because Don't like, don't forget, right? David Cameron was a centrist, right? I mean, cast your mind back to when he first rose up the political ladder, right? I mean, you know, even like after he, he left office, he, yes, he was going off doing God knows what with what was it like, Greensill Capital or whatever it was, he was doing like weird lobbying shit for, like. And and yes, like after he left office, a load of shit came out about, you know, how David Cameron's father's money was involved in an, actually quite an elaborate tax dodge. Like the, the guy fucking got named in the Panama Papers. <laughs> so, yes, you know, in many ways, David Cameron rubber stamped Tory, but his policies, you know, bringing down the deficit, fighting climate change, pro-business. Pro Europe, like a lot of it was pretty fucking centrist, and it's funny, you know, because viewed through the prism of current politics, you know, neoconservatism, it's so far away from where CCHQ is now, isn't it? Like, cause, like for all the talk of Labour being the party of the woke, you know, that's a big thing, isn't it? Bloody Labour, they're so woke. The funny thing is, I suspect Starmer is probably closer to Cameronism, for want of a better word, or certainly, you know, superficially closer to Cameronism than the current roll call in CCHQ. I really like... They're not that far apart. Like, if you think of Cameron's pitches in... uh, I know we're going way off Sturgeon now, but, you know, humour me. Indulge me. Um, If you cast your mind back to... David Cameron's pitches, the manifesto, like before, you know, he he got into power, just as he was going to market, as he was going to the electorate saying, this is what I'm about. You know, the country were tiring of new labour. And Cameron goes to the electorate like, you know, hug a hoodie and the environment and compassionate conservatism, you know. (laughs) And they were like, we pledged to match Labour spending plans in 2010 and 2011 in health and overseas aid. Like it's all actually quite sort of, you know, middly centre, centre left, you would almost call it, wouldn't you? You look back on David Cameron's pledges back in the day and then you look at Starmer's policies now and how pro-business he is. And, uh, you know, abandoning his pledges to nationalize utilities and so on. You know, like Cameron and Starmer are closer to one another than Cameron and CCHQ. (laughs) Cameron and Sunak and Truss and Lee Anderson and all that fucking nonsense. It's bizarre, isn't it? And like, here's, right, here's a weird thing. Here's a weird question for you, dear listeners. Here's something to ponder on, right? If Starmer has inarguably moved into that centre space, you know, which I don't personally have a problem with, you know, like you you might, dear listener, you might think that betrays the socialist ideals that he rode into the leadership on. Like me, I'm cold-hearted and manipulative enough to think that, you know, if it gets Labour into power and then we have a shot, just a chance at pushing for some decent real-life shit policies going into the King's speech, I'm fine with him changing his mind about a couple of pledges. If it helps him to maintain a vote lead, you know, and then he ends up behind a desk in number 10, able to affect change in an array in a suite of other areas that actually improve lives, I'm actually okay with that. You know, I'll take the rough with the smooth. I don't expect everyone to celebrate me for that, but, you know, fortunately... I also, don't give a shit, so um, and I look, I know I'm gonna get people on Twitter now going, Oh, oh, I see, I see. So, so you don't care when a politician lies to get the leadership and lies to get into power, so long as you get your way with the policies in, in like a year or two, yeah. Well, yeah, actually, pretty much, I'm fine. They all fucking lie, they're all disingenuous and duplicitous. At least there's a shot that if Starmer and Labour get in that we might have that line in to change something that actually improves lives rather than the cast iron certainty of more Tory rule ruining them. Anyway, look. I've, look, I've had enough of Tory lies. That's the thing. Tory corruption, Tory savaging public services. That is their lies lying for themselves, lying for self-serving self-enriching reasons but i'm kind of i'm okay with starmer you know pivoting <laughs> so to speak if it gets labor in power and if they can then you know save the fucking health service how about that start this national energy corporation These banging on about you know hopefully quietly maybe even join the single market how about that shit that'd be nice but perhaps that is you know the last one, a bit fanciful, you know, to be expecting that in the first term anyway. Um, but anyway, here's here's the weird thing to ponder on, right? If Starmer has moved into the centre and is enjoying a healthy poll lead for over a year, right? I think it was 29 points the other day. 29 points ahead. But if, quote, Britain isn't conservative, right? Like, you know, once once you add up the Labour votes... Uh, with the Lib Dem votes and the Green votes, you actually find that the majority of people in the country hold pretty progressive views, right? Pretty liberal values. They are pro-choice, they're pro-Europe, they're anti-racist, they don't hate immigrants. Most people have progressive values, right? And so we say, you know, Britain isn't conservative. It's just first past the post and the fact the left vote is always splitting. That's your issue. So... If Starmer has moved, I promise I'm getting to the point in a second. If Starmer has moved into the center, why does Labour have to move to the center to pick up those centre-right floating voter types? You know, like if if actually the maths says that Britain is majority left-leaning, where does this push to get them nearer to this minority centre-right space actually come from? And that's quite an uncomfortable question to ask, isn't it? Because it suggests that they're not doing it to pick up floating votes. Or maybe they are, and they're just, you know, they they're scared about upsetting the male, and then the male's amplification of that minority of centre-right votes might just push them over the edge and then the Conservatives get in. I, mean, I don't know. Anyway, that's the part that I don't get. You know, couldn't Starmer just say, look, most people want nationalised trains and electricity, so fuck it, we'll do it. You know, most people support nationalising rail. So if it's a poll winner or if rejoining the single market is a poll winner, why don't we just do that instead of this fucking like, oh, you know, na- nationalizing electricity might might spook an extra 7000 voters in that marginal next week. So I, I, I know what we'll do. We'll, we'll say we have no plans to, you know, like. Couldn't we just come out and honestly, I suppose I'm answering my own question here, aren't I, really, is, you know, the calculation from Team Starmer is probably that in the immediate He doesn't want to lose any electoral support whatsoever. He wants to maintain this healthy lead. So depending on what votes and what local elections and polling he's got coming up, you know, he cherry picks the stuff that he would commit to and then releases a statement on on that stuff. Anyway, what the fuck are we talking about? Sturgeon, right? Sturgeon standing down. One day I will do a solo episode where I actually stay on point and you guys will have a fucking heart attack from shock. But let's continue so sturgeon standing down cheers by the way and so often right when these when these domestic leaders your you know your dup types your snp types they like they can get pigeonholed as just a uk thing you know just a british news thing it's just something that's happening within a province of the uk you know that sort of perception but no these things do actually resonate overseas also and sturgeon's resignation has garnered a response from none other than america's id donald trump right <laughs> so he's he's heard that nicola sturgeon leader of the snp uh, scottish first minister has stepped or has agreed to step down um i've actually got the audio of it here let's see let's see i hope that you guys can hear this um let me just move the mic over here we go read to you by none other than uh the people's uh fucking cunt uh nigel Farage. here we go ready and a comment on Nicola Sturgeon that's come straight from mar and the 45th president of the USA, Donald Trump. He says, good riddance to failed woke extremist Nicola Sturgeon of Scotland. This crazed leftist symbolises everything wrong with identity politics. Yes, Donald, I'm with you all the way. He's with him all the way. How about that shit? He's gone all the way with Donald. It's like, you know, you sort of, you think to yourself, maybe... <laughs> Maybe he'll be, like, nice about this. Maybe, you know, he's a former president. Maybe he could be a little bit reflective and reserved and respectful. You know, maybe he could be a little bit reflect. Like, And then there's this other part of my brain that kicks in at that point when you think, oh, you know, because like you read how Donald Trump has responded or Donald Trump releases statement about Nicola Sturgeon and you think, maybe, could, like, could he be respectful? Could he be... Re- and then the other part of my brain kicks in. It's, like, reflective. right <laughs> from trump are you kidding like what out of his his litany of offensive behavior and literal crimes (laughs) and charmless existence over the last fucking 10 years what out of all of that has fermented this idea in your brain that he would now be respectful at this moment (laughs) basing it on absolutely nothing but hope Hope that he might have found something close to a generous, giving, nurturing and compassionate spirit deep within. Reflective from Trump. Like, you're, you're looking for reflection and compassion from Trump? Cool. OK, I'm looking for a reach around from Ted Bundy. Anyway, let's move on. So. So I don't know if you caught that, if, if it was sort of muffled or a bit tinny from Farage. uh reading it out but it's what he that's like this is what he said he said good riddance to to failed woke extremist nicholas sturgeon of scotland good riddance this guy's an ex-president and he wants (laughs) he wants to be president again you know high office the american president is someone that american children are supposed to look up to <laughs> and so then you know she says she's standing down she says you know her her speech is pretty good she said uh, you know it's the best job in the world but it's it's one that she can't continue to do it's 24 7 hugely demanding it's hard to switch off especially in the modern era you know but it deserves someone who can give it the vision and energy that she feels perhaps she no longer can you know and then so You know, Donald steps forward and he says, good riddance, (laughs) good riddance to you, you failed, woke extremist, Nicholas Sturgeon of Scotland. Like, he's just such a fucking child, isn't he? Just anything, anything he doesn't like. Anything that's measured or grown up esque. Or anyone who's, you know, capable of communicating with people on an intellectual level, he just cannot tolerate. Good good riddance to the failed work extreme like communicating communicating on an intellectual level he finds extreme. <laughs> Which look, you know, maybe there's something in that. Maybe when you have the IQ of a fucking dead hedgehog, maybe when your IQ is in single figures, maybe a coherent adult speaking normally is extreme. <laughs> like like Donald Trump finds Nicola Sturgeon extreme in the same way a dog finds a bowl of food to be magic you know (laughs) i don't know like here's here's a fun question for you right i don't know if i have any um any republican listeners from the us for the show and if i do you know i doubt they would get this far into an episode probably you know probably not um but here's a question for you guys who do you think is more extreme The lady that wanted free education and free prescriptions so that people could have social mobility and a fucking shot at old age dignity. (laughs) That lady. Or the flag fucking nutjob who cheered on the January 6th riots and attempted an actual coup that left six people dead. Who's more extreme out of those two? That That is a tricky one, isn't it? Like, Sturgeon makes university free for Scottish students. Whoa, that's, that is extreme, <laughs> said Donald, with 18th century cannons blasting behind him, firing cannonballs into the Capitol building. And the fucking effigy of the vice president burning stage left. <laughs> People rolling through Congress on flotillas with a Donald Trump sort of figure like mannequin nailed to a cross. No, I I don't like her. She's she's a bit extreme for me. Like, no (laughs) self-awareness at all. None. I have seen more awareness from my mum reverse parking in a (laughs) multi-story. He's such a fucking parody of himself, too, isn't he? I mean, you know, I feel like a lot of the criticism of Donald Trump is, like, it's kind of done now, isn't it? Like, I feel like I'm rehashing old you know snl tropes but but it still amazes me like how adored he is by certain subsets of the american right who would literally hand over their wives and daughters to him such is the depth of their love for this man and yet the reciprocity extends to what like you know Trump would have these same people moved or, you know, removed from his golf clubs at the mere sight of their overalls. <laughs> it is not a two-way love affair, this one. The fucking split-second sight of that checkered shirt and dirty hands from a from a life spent working in the real America, the heartlands. You know, they, they rock up to mar a lago We love you, Mr. Trump you my hero you know and he's like just could you get these oil-stained losers out of here before they stain my burgundy carpets or steal the cutlery you know like it's it is not a two-way love affair but it's still there isn't it they still love him i mean donald trump just basically wants to be a fascist dictator doesn't he i don't know i don't know why it's like flag fucking Freedom fiends, you know, I don't know why they can't see that. He literally ticks every box. Like what does he want to, he wants to you know erect a wall around the US? Isolationist stuff, you know, keep the immigrants out. He wants absolute power, you know, have armies of QAnon goat fuckers worshipping golden statues of him, you know, while he, what, like, murders journalists and invades Canada or something like that? That, that is his vibe. And some of you might be thinking, oh, come on, come on, Ade. you're being hysterical. But you know what? People said this stuff, they warned you about this shit before he literally tried to steal that election. And then for a brief minute afterwards, you lot and, you know, Fox News and Hannity, you know, for a brief moment. People were like, yeah, OK, look, maybe <laughs> maybe he overstepped the mark a little bit with the deathy insurrection thing. Like now millions of us are again warning like this guy is basically fucking Hitler, but he's just not so good at public speaking. You know, he, but he, they're basically the same. And still this lot. Like, oh come on, you're just being hysterical again. You're like, really? You wanna see where this leads again? <laughs> like last time last time it was six dead in the Capitol building. That was the first time round. I mean I guess that was the opener. Was it? Was it that was a support act? I can't wait to see what this guy's headline set is like. What's he gonna bring us with with his coachella budget? I'm psyched. Let's see what happens. Anyway, so he's responded to Sturgeon. That's what I wanted to uh, to talk about, and he says, uh, "You know, good riddance to the failed woke extremist Nicholas Sturgeon of Scotland." And you know, I guess when you're that far to the right, when you're that much of a weird, dogmatic, babbling lunatic, yeah, I suppose someone all the way back over here in the centre. Probably does feel a bit extreme, doesn't it? Probably is a little bit like far away. It does seem extreme to me. You can kind of get your head around that. But the other thing was the good riddance thing. That didn't sit right with me. That didn't make any much sense in my noggin. I don't know. Like you You say good riddance to someone. That is a thing that you say after you kick someone out of a party. Isn't it like good riddance, or rather, you know, actually, that's that's something that boomers say, or you know, or said in the 1960s. I <laughs> think nobody says that now. Like it's a it's a sort of you know stilted, stiff, old boy Hollywood line, almost, isn't it? Like good riddance, you know, like some guy in his sort of you know zoot suit throwing his mate out of the and don't come back, see? You know, it's like that sort of vibe good riddance it's an old thing to say i don't think people say that anymore good riddance is like what you say when like you know you throw your husband's suitcase out in the driveway you know because you, you're you kicking him out of the house that you still occupy that's the key thing you're inside the house you're kicking him out so you say good riddance you throw his shit in the driveway and you kick him out because you know you came home early And you caught him blowing some black guy called Clive on the family sofa. And he was dressed up as a milkmaid. Fine, kick him out, right? Throw his suitcase out there. By all means, shout. And good riddance. That's the proper context. But do you know what? Even then, in the modern day, your neighbours, they would be like, this, you know, feels weird hearing that. Feels weird hearing a 33-year-old woman say good riddance like you know they are they filming something next door because that sounds like badly written dialogue that sound you know it's not something that somebody would legitimately you know angrily say in the real world anyway you come home he's blowing clive you kick him out and not because clive's black by the way or even that they're gay you know clive can do what he wants with anyone he wants to but your husband made vows so that's what's upsetting to her. She's upset about the about the cheating. That's it. Not that it's gay cheating. Although, you know, there is a, you know, the gay element does leave her with a few questions and probably some, you know, insecurities and stuff. But you know, she's not homophobic or racist. This imaginary woman in this scenario <laughs> I'm clumsily wheeling out. She's just upset. But she doesn't care that Clive's black. She cares that Clive's balls are emptying into her husband's mouth. (laughs) That's it. Like, the fucks that Clive's giving are the extent of the fucks that she gives. How about that? I know. Wow. There I was worrying that I was going down some sort of, you know, clumsy comedy cul-de-sac there. But lo and behold, I ended up at some delicious fucking wordplay. Thank you and good night. But no. Anyway, good riddance in that scenario. Perfectly appropriate. Right. We're done. Bye. And yes, you can keep the fucking milkmaid outfit. You perfect. Like that's appropriate because she's still there. You know, she's kicking him out of the place in which she remains in that environment that she's eluded. Right. You understand. But Trump doesn't get to say that. Because Trump is a not in Scottish politics, and b even if we were talking geopolitics, like international shit, he was himself ejected from power. What fucking two and a half years ago? It makes no sense. like good good riddance, Nicola. You know, one of his aides pulls him aside. Like, why, why are you saying good riddance? Because that's it. She's uh, she's out of office now. Well, so are you. Well, um. Well, I, uh, goddammit, I keep forgetting that I'm not president anymore. You know, it's like, you don't get to say that. How do you say good riddance to someone for leaving power when you yourself were already removed, you fucking idiot? But that's Donald Trump, isn't it? He's just, uh, you know, a sort of self-parodying, self-generating comedy genre. Just fucking stupidity through a 50-watt amplifier just a a burst water main of idiocy but like donald trump says the type of stupid shit like out in the open on on the record that regular people would have to release an apology statement for like if they got caught on a hot mic <laughs> you know what i mean like if blair got caught saying some of the shit that trump says on a hot mic, there would be flights to the people that he had offended. There would be apology statements. There would be tweets coming out. But Trump just doesn't give a fuck, does he? Just no dignity. No grace. What else was in that apology? Uh, apology. What else was in that response statement? Let's, let, let me have a look. Good riddance to failed, woke, extremist. Nicholas Sturgeon of Scotland. Okay, so it's levels deep stupid too. You know? It's level like there's just every fucking pinch point of this sentence. It's like cuz we've covered the good riddance thing, okay? We've covered extremist and extreme, but failed and woke. You know? Failed and like I don't know, like Trump Trump throws out failed and woke and all that shit but it's like you know does anyone else think maybe the woke shit is played out now you know that's the thing with the woke element to this woke feels done to me people have been saying woke for like four or five years now i think like you need a new thing lads hearing people say woke now is like when your mum and dad found out about, you know, bling, bling. <laughs> you know? It's like, I don't know, let's say your mum comes down the stairs and she's seeing you about to head out and you're all, you know, fixed yourself up, you're wearing your nice outfit, and, you know, she's like, oh, I, I see you going out. You know, you've got yourself all doled up with your, with your bling, bling on. And you're like, oh, God, mum. Can you just, can you ask your mouth to stop manufacturing cringe? Because it is just not good. Like... I feel like woke is that now, you know, it's just done. Like, I know some people who still say it in chat groups, you know, but invariably they are not, you know, actual political types. They're not news junkies. They're about a year behind. On everything, they're like, oh, did did you see um did you see the Harry and megan thing? Oh, it's a bit woke, you know. It has the same energy to it as you know, like your dad sending you a a DiCaprio meme from three years ago, <laughs> you know, old memes from your dad. It's got that energy to it. He sends you through like a DiCaprio, you know. Oh, nice one, Dad. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's DiCaprio from Django Unchained, looking a bit smug. Yeah, great. So, rivaled only by your smug face. That's having sent it. Like it's the funniest fucking joke in the world. Like you think I haven't seen this? This was funny three years ago. Jesus, you're you're on the fucking internet, dad. It's supposed to be real time. Are you on dial-up or so? Like, how are you just getting this shit now? Do you even know about the pandemic, you old bastard? Like that is woke now. It's just like you know, it's played out. It's dated. It's only referenced by people who either, you know, aren't particularly immersed in politics or, um, you know, or they are. But they lack the intelligence to know why it's not going to win them any points, you know. Anyway, good riddance to failed, woke extremist Nicholas Sturgeon of Scotland. But th- that, oh yeah, that was the other bit, right? Failed. So we've covered extreme... <laughs> We've covered Good Riddance. We've covered Woke. But Failed makes an appearance there too. And that is equal... Like, it's just its own genre of comedy, this statement. Like, if you're going to throw Failed into the mix, you better have a fucking deluge of successes yourself to leverage off. You better have a fucking Showtime biopic ready to go, telling the world how you overcame the odds that were stacked against you to achieve a bunch of stuff. Because, like... If you don't, if you happen to be, you know, I don't know, a failing upward nepo baby piece of shit, cheap joke in an expensive suit, if that's you and you only ever got anything because it was handed to you and even then you made a fucking mess of it all and then you became president and failed spectacularly for four years to achieve anything of any substance and then you were voted out as a one-termer, and then you threw a tantrum that ostensibly killed six people. I don't know. I'd be pretty fucking circumspect with who I called a failure, if it was me. (laughs) Guys, that's it. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I'll be back very, very soon when I go live streaming with Ian Dale tonight. Um, That talk is likely to be rather political, uh, for obvious reasons. So if you are into politics, if you are a bit of a news junkie, um, and you do live in the now you're not trapped in the narratives of like two three years ago and heavily out of date um it might be one that you might enjoy so uh, stick around join me tonight 7:30 live on youtube uh, it'll be out on patreon immediately afterwards and then it'll emerge on spotify and apple podcasts and all of the usual places two days later um if you would like to jump on the patreon i always put links to patreon.com forward slash aid Thompson in all of the episodes so it's super easy for you to tap into it there's three tiers and it starts at just three quid a month so if you are enjoying the pod and you've you know you've listened to a few of the episodes and you're like yeah I like this I might be up for a little bit of extra content exclusive stuff uh the quick heads up about all of the live shit you know the the patreon backers got first dibs of the tickets to the riot society show last week um so that was cool and we do in-person meetups in london we did one in october gonna do another one in april uh you get an rss feed for the podcast that goes straight into like your apple podcast player or spotify like you can just get the episode super super quickly um right direct into your usual like you don't have to download the uh, patreon podcast player or anything um you can just get access to them super early in your regular one so that's cool there's also a discord chat uh, me and the Patreon backers jump in there. I'm in there once a day, usually talking shit about Tories. Um, and yeah, so I don't know. If you if you are enjoying the podcast and you are in a position to, maybe jump on it. Patreon.com forward slash aid Thompson. If you're not in a position to chip in three quid a month, that's fine. Everyone is feeling the pinch. I promise you. Um, all I would say is maybe just tweet a friend or like pop something into a WhatsApp chat. With somebody that you think might also enjoy the podcast so anyone that you know that's into satire or piss-taking or you know roasting politics are trying to find the funny in a really senseless time uh just copy the episode of the podcast that you enjoyed and then send it off to a friend or an enemy i don't care i'm not precious about that shit. and finally if you don't want to do that uh or if you're feeling particularly flush i've just started putting t-shirts i know it's proper like i never thought i'd be the sort of person that sells fucking merch and t-shirts and shit but i am designing them myself so i did one of lady moan like baroness moan um it says get money but it's spelt like get mony and it's her on a fucking yacht and it looks it looks quite gangster i quite like the t-shirt it's pretty good so there's that and then there's another t-shirt of like centrica who announced 3.3 billion pounds profits right 3.3 billion Meanwhile, people are having fucking gas meters reinstalled in their homes to prevent them from using their heating if they can't afford the astronomical fees. And so I created this t-shirt. You change the E in Centrica to a U. So it says Contrica. So there you go. I've made two t-shirts now. Get Money and Contrica. They're both on the Funk 27 website. That's funk-27.co.uk forward slash merch if you want the full one to it. Um, so yeah so they're on there Um, that's it from me I'll catch up with you all soon all the best take care of yourselves I'm out